The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. As always, I'm your host, Chet, and it's just the three of us. Again, I think we beat Jacob so bad in golf, he's just disappeared into oblivion. He's gone. Oh, yeah, we beat him so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's tired. 36 holes takes a lot out of someone. Uh, how are you, how are you boys doing? We had a long sports weekend. We'll get into it in a second, but seeing how how the bodies are recovering from the from just the, the fun weekend. Mine's pretty yeah. good. I mean, I only played eighteen holes though, so uh, y'all are probably feeling it a little bit more than I am. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I'm still feeling a little bit in my arms. I don't know if it's the arm workout that I did at gym. I did it so hard. Control. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a very fun weekend. I'm glad we got together, and it, I'm I'm really proud of us. It only took under a year for to get the whack part two underway. Like seven or eight? No, probably like what eight or nine months. Not too bad. Yeah, we had, the last one was in August. Yeah, yeah, we had a wedding in between there. Um. A bachelor trip. We had like all these other things we had to plan around, and we still got it done in less than eight months. So, kudos to us. Where where are we doing the next one? Where are we going somewhere fancy like Oregon? I mean, that's where I felt like we played on <laughs> the Isles of Friday Jamaica. Morning. Yes, the Isles of Jamaica. Let's go to Jamaica and play some golf. Kansas. Kansas, it is. I don't know what's <laughs> out there, but let's uh, make a trip. It's not too far from me. Um, but yeah, we had a we had a fun sports weekend. Uh, we'll hop into it. We started out Thursday night. The Tigers taking on Kentucky. Uh, of course, we got to just see a walloping of the game. What was it? 16-6. to six, Run ruled them in the eighth inning. Yep. Um, one thing I found interesting, and I don't know if y'all noticed, uh, but Kentucky continued to play their brand of baseball, even though they were down six. They continued to bunt to try to move runners over into scoring position. Like, come on, man. I've heard that this Kentucky coach is not a very well-liked coach in just, uh, you know, in the in college baseball. He's very Bush League in the way that he coaches the game. And, I mean, you're down 10, man. Just let your players swing away. You're just trying to draw out the game and, like, get into the bullpen. But I don't know if y'all noticed that or what your thoughts were on them bunting when they were down by a million in the, in the third inning. I mean, that's just what they're built on. Uh, Kentucky uh, is a small ball team, uh, but we saw this weekend uh, that they can also uh, hit some home runs, uh, especially uh, the Saturday game and and also, well, the Saturday and the Friday. I always get mixed up with these Thursday through Saturday series. I'm thankful. Luckily, that's done. Our our regular scheduled program. Uh, But, yeah, we definitely picked a good game to go to. A lot of offense uh, in the first two innings, uh, especially – Jordan Thompson with the grand slam to put up a six spot in the first inning. And then in the second inning, we get more uh, home run action with Brian Joe Bear uh, to really put it out of reach. And then we also had another home run in the third inning. So the top three innings, we saw 14 runs. And you just thought, like, is this team going to put it up 30 at this point? Uh, but they decided to relax a little bit. Uh, Skeens uh, had another great outing, 13 Ks. I know he gave up five runs, but. 
when you win six by 10 runs, then you can take that yeah. outing in any day of the week. Uh, so a great outing and a, and a great weekend uh, for LSU. Kentucky is a really good baseball team. I think that they're going to be – I know that they have a rough stretch uh, coming up. They still have to play South Carolina, Vanderbilt, uh, and Tennessee coming up. So we'll see how Kentucky finishes up in the east. Uh, but with LSU, though, I mean, another top 15 win, and now you get to ease up. I know it's like Ole Miss. Ole Miss is probably going to treat this like a Super Bowl, but a uh, really good showing uh, for LSU this weekend. I mean, Ole Miss just played their Super Bowl against Mississippi State in terms of the rivalry. So, uh, of course, they got beat. Uh, lost the series. I think they took the, the Saturday game. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, – I mean, you're the, when you're the number one team in the country, as LSU is, you're going to get everybody's best every day. And we saw that from Kentucky, maybe not Thursday night, but uh, dropped the Friday game. I think LSU just played their way out of that one. Too many errors in the field. Um, some, some bad breaks on that. Um, but one thing, you know, Kentucky was getting a little chirpy. With with Paul Skeens out on the mound, the ump had to pull Paul Skeens aside because uh, there was something said between I think it was the second baseman, uh, what was his name? Uh, Emilian Petrie, Stanky, uh, Petrie, and then also yeah, Stanky that you know that was batting like one eighty two coming into the weekend, which he did have a great series. Um, and then Petrie did his whole little like he they after they won the game, he did the the crossed arms. It was like oh. It's like, dude, okay, you just got beat by 10. Um, and you, you, of course, you got beat the next day. But he said something uh, after Paul Skeen's got his last strikeout, you know, probably under his breath, said it just loud enough for someone to hear and hope it wasn't Paul Skeen's. And I watched the replay. Paul Skeen's heard it, his ears perked up. And he turned around and goes, What'd you say, bro? And uh, the whole dugout like jumped back. They're like, Oh, crap, he heard us. Like, you just <laughs> unlocked the beast. And that's why I think why the umpire kind of got in between there. He's like, uh-oh, the animal's unleashed. And uh, he already threw his seven innings. He didn't care if he gets tossed. He'll start chirping back, as we've seen from Paul Skeens on the mound. I mean, he, he was in the Air Force, dude. I wouldn't be messing with him. Like, he'll probably take you out before you even know it. So, and then, of course, we had the, uh, the trash talking on Saturday with good old Bear Jones after he hit his uh, bomb. We saw that in the good Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, Wade, how was your... How was your time at the uh, the slots in the LaBerge? <laughs> I had a good time making my way. I uh, played a couple of the slot machines that we played on the cruise and uh, came about, about net even. So not too shabby, but uh, the new sports book there at LaBerge in Baton Rouge is um really cool spot. I would definitely recommend it. I'm glad I got to experience it for the first time with you guys. And uh, we were able to convince them to put on the game that y'all were talking about on the big screen. They have like a scoreboard style set up with four big monitors. We had the LSU gymnastics on as well for the national championship meet. Um, you know, if they would have just paused the scoring when they uploaded LSU's final, we would have won the whole thing. But that's right. We got our scoring first. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it was fun to take all that in with you guys. And we were very clearly able to see what uh what jones mouth at the Kentucky oh yeah <laughs> it's it's like an eight foot by ten foot tv screen uh we saw it as soon as he hit the bomb uh, yeah, his mouth was about three feet uh yeah <laughs> in size in front of us <laughs> if you're curious what he said just look it up it's all over the place we won't uh repeat that that language on this show we try to keep it somewhat pg-13 and what he said was not but it was uh i kind of like the the emotion when you're the top dog 
and you just hit a nuke 452 feet off some guy who's quick pitching you, which I didn't realize until I started watching the video. He hit him with two quick pitches. Like as soon as he walked into the box, he's throwing. Mm. And then the third one, he's like kind of put his hand up to the umpire, like, give me a second. And the guy tried to do it, and the umpire called time. And then he hits a freaking nuke, you know, over the Tony Satchery sign, as Fletch said. Everybody should have got free Tonys. Um, and that was have a Tony's cannon. It just goes off. <laughs> it just All the spices go over. Everybody in the left field bleachers starts, you know, coughing. Hey, they had some it. spices on your flatbread, huh, Chet? <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, if you're ever in the Barstool Sportsbook in the LaBerge Casino, Order that barbecue flatbread. I had to get an like extra. Red. <laughs> yes, get it. That's that's definitely for sure. I had a like a red jalapeno pepper on this thing, and I no lie, I was sweating out bets, and I was sweating from eating the pizza. Uh, we'll <laughs> jump into that in a little bit. Uh, had a few bets that hit, won my money back in blackjacks. I uh, can't say the same for NASCAR Neil. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but you know he had a good time. Uh, but we had a we had a wonderful weekend. You know, of course with. with to cap off, I guess, the LSU talk, like you mentioned, Tyler, we got Ole Miss coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't fared great in the SEC uh, series. But LSU, I would probably think – I don't want to – you can't really say South Carolina was the like a bad series based on the first night because of the rain delay and we didn't get to play game three. I would probably say the Kentucky series was, was the low spot of LSU's play this year. In terms of, really? I mean, Friday was great, but sat, uh, or Thursday was great. Friday, a lot of errors, a lot of mental mistakes. Didn't really, I mean, yeah, we put up uh, like seven runs or something. Um, but then Sunday, it felt like we just kept having to get bailed out. You know, I mean, yeah, people came up clutch at the end, but the pitching was like iffy until the last few innings on, on Saturday. Uh, I would say it's probably one of the lower, it wasn't a bad performance. Obviously, you take the series. But it was a lot of adversity that the team faced. Um, they did bounce back from it. But uh, I feel like at one point we were going to hit that that peak, you know, and then kind of got to have a lull and then try to get back going. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think it was like their lowest point of the season. I think it's good that, you know, to face adversity, it's not good, you know, going back to last year's Tennessee, you know, Tennessee team like that team was like all the talk of the college baseball world they were just destroying people left and right left and right and then they you know blow through their regional and then notre dame beats them uh, in the super regional so you can kind of compare this lsu team to that tennessee team uh, last year as it's a it's a really good start but he's still got to take care of business uh, coming up i know that a lot of our fans are saying like oh this is like sweep 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 city coming up you know we have old alabama you of our uh, next best, two but... series. Uh, but I think that to face adversity uh, is good for this team. I mean, as much as we love seeing these run rules, it's always good uh, to see, you know, that Saturday game where, you know, Kentucky, you know, you get up one to nothing, then Kentucky comes back and puts up a three spot on you, then you answer right back. And then Kentucky, it was like a back and forth, back and forth game. And then in the end, uh, you got to really bailed out you could say uh, off of Tommy White uh, hitting him uh, in the butt cheeks there but yes. uh, they were able to Tommy tanks there right before that booty yeah but <laughs> if there is a weakness uh, for the sales shoot team uh, it's uh, the pitching after Paul Skeens in the bullpen I do think that there was a bright spot in the bullpen we saw Bryce Collins uh, he's starting uh, to really turn the quarter at the start of the season it looked like he just lost his stuff completely and looked like he got back his curveball as yeah, well and hopefully you can get ago. some Hopefully you can get some injuries back. Uh, Jay Johnson had a press conference uh, on Monday 
uh, today. Uh, didn't really give anything on Garrett Edwards or Chase Shores. Uh, didn't really give anything on that Nate Ackenhausen. He said last week that he was going to potentially be available uh, this weekend against Ole Miss. And then another good thing we saw, uh, Javen Coleman, uh, he didn't get into the game, but he was starting uh, to throw some bullpen. Uh, so we should be getting him back uh, soon. Uh, so hopefully we get, uh, as long as this team, you know, this bullpen is going to get healthier. You just got to figure out, you know, Ty Floyd. I mean, you're not going to move him out of the number two spot. Uh, Christian Little, he looked good uh, for three innings uh, this week. Uh, so I think that, you know, as bad as the pitching looked at, at times, I think that this is, uh, you know, where you, you want your team right now, especially with the number one on their back. Yeah, I will say, based on the injuries, uh, Jay Johnson is looking pretty ticked off that he keeps having <laughs> to answer these questions. Um, he kind of snapped at a reporter about he's not playing doctor anymore. You know, he's not going to speculate on people's injuries. I also think that he was a little upset about the antics um, of the way Gavin Duga went down uh, with the just the like the production. It looked like oh, we just lost him for the season. Like he dislocated his shoulder, tore something. But then he comes off the field, he seems okay, and everything's just positive. It's just a little bruising. I think Jay might have just been a little – I mean, yeah, I get it's a scary moment when you feel something. It might have popped out. You feel like a just kind of like jolt movement like that. But uh, he seemed like a little ticked off after that and was like, yeah, you're not playing the rest of the series because you can't just send him out the next day because then that's just like, oh, he – got hurt, pulled him, and then they put him back out. So hopefully it's nothing serious. Uh, like the trainer said, he was positive, um, you know, a little bit of bruising. Um, and then, you know, the pitching staff in a moment where we are losing our top guys, like you said, uh, you got Coleman coming back, and then Collins, who was just hanging some nasty curveballs. I mean, it looked like way trying to hit somebody on on mlb the show like this dude was just like leaving them over the plate and they couldn't touch him one battery threw four straight curveballs and struck the guy out like that is insane so uh all in all it was a fun weekend we got old miss coming up ahead uh like i mentioned earlier they're not the best in sec play they had a huge game against uh their rivals mississippi state super bulldog weekend dak was back they have retired the old bully that brought in the new bully. Everybody was go Dak, go Dak. You know the, how the how Starkville is. Uh, Forty four thousand fans in attendance. You think we touched that number in uh, Oxford, Floyd? Uh, probably not. But you know, if LSU would make uh, the box, you know, more of a look like a, a destination, kind of like Mississippi State has with their stadium. Granted. Any given Saturday at Tiger Stadium would put the entire town of Starkville to shame. Um, and LSU's setting records in that capacity. True, true. Uh, it would be nice to be the Kings of Baseball attendance as well. So I think Jay Johnson's definitely, you know, in Scott Woodward's ear about some improvements to the stadium, kind of making it more of a fan experience so that, um, you know, we're consistently selling out the actual seats at the stadium. So making it, something where people could buy a standing room only ticket or a general admission ticket and stand behind the outfield fence tailgate or something. And then uh, of course, bringing those bullpens off the field and um, into the outfield, maybe adding a little bit of premium seating. So give LSU some time. And I think we could 
challenge Mississippi State for that record. But right now, it's all about what's happening on the field. And like you mentioned, LSU might be able to sweep both of those teams, which I definitely didn't have that going into the season. I mean, I kind of figured Ole Miss would be a contender and that Mississippi State would would bounce back uh, with last year kind of being a down year. Yeah, it's kind of a bit of a shocker there for the two teams in Mississippi. Uh, but, you know, uh, we're going to get their best game. Hopefully we can go out there. Paul Skeens can just shove it down their throat on Friday night and then Ty Floyd go go deep into Saturday and then we kind of piece it together, bullpen game on Sunday. That seems kind of what the plan has been for the Tigers, not really having a bona fide Sunday starter. Uh, we mentioned Tommy White. He's named SEC Player of the Week. Uh He's got he's got to have a chip on his shoulder, yeah. But big dog with the chain. I think he's gonna have a neck tat next year underneath that. Uh, Stronger than all underneath yeah. his, his turtleneck. Yeah, he'll have like a like a tiger claw or something coming out of the turtleneck, um, and then there's just like a huge Medusa head chain. But he's got to have like a uh, just a chip on his shoulder. Because it seems like once a game, teams pitch around Dylan Cruz and want to test their luck against Tommy White, and he always delivers. Kentucky I mean, did it in the first inning. They intentionally walked him, and then Tommy White got that uh, yeah, double, double down, down the, the left field line to, to go up 2-0. So, uh, Tom, whenever you know they didn't want to pitch around Dylan Cruz this week, and uh, Tommy White uh, really uh, stepped up in the clutch. I mean, he's the nation's leader in RBIs or he was last year, I think he's, like, got to be up there this year. Um, He had, like, 51 two weeks ago. I don't know how many he had after this weekend. Uh, But I just don't understand. Like, I know Dylan Cruz is probably the best player in baseball, but you got the second-best player on LSU's team walking up right behind him, who you know is going to get a hit, and I just don't get putting them on, especially in the first inning. Like, Yeah, not in the first inning. I get it. Like, maybe later in the game. But not Dylan then. Cruz hits a home run, you go down two nothing, whatever. Okay. Hope Tommy White, maybe he gets a double. It's two nothing with a guy on base. Now, granted, we didn't hit a grand slam and the inning just kind of went away from you. But now you you putting a guy on, come up with a guy with a more pop, comes up two nothing, got a guy on base, and then you it just keeps going and going and going. So I don't know. It's uh it's definitely an interesting trend we're seeing with opposing pitchers and opposing coaches. But, hey, let it keep happening because Dylan Cruz or Tommy White, they're going to get their hits no matter what happens. So, um, I wanted to uh, – any, any more thoughts on LSU baseball before we get into the dog of the week? I do have one thought. You know, okay. I saw this weekend, you know, the K- Kentucky really had an interesting, like, pitching. Like, on Thursday, it wasn't even, like, one of their aces. It was, like, some guy who only pitched uh, nine innings. So, you know, could we see, like, moving forward that teams just throw out somebody out there that can just eat up innings in the first game, knowing that, like, nobody can probably beat Paul Skeens. I mean, South Carolina was the only team to him, so – you think, you know, moving for that teams, you know, maybe pitch backwards and have the race on Saturday and Sunday when LSU is more vulnerable uh, on the mound? It makes sense to do that, but I feel like from a coach's perspective, it sends a message to your team that, yeah, we're just taking an L. I have no faith in you guys to get the win game one. Like, I feel like that's probably a bigger, uh, like, disappointing message to the team. But from a statistics-wise, yeah, that makes way more sense. I think you could do it 
in the regular season just fine to maybe try to win a series or win a game in a series. But come postseason time, uh, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're really going to need that number one-on-one uh, to try to get a leg up in the double elimination format. Uh, teams typically don't lose the first game of a series and get out of a, a regional uh, or a super regional. And then if they get to Omaha, that's a long battle to get if you don't win that first game. Uh, so you do need to get your guys ready for that mentality. But I think it's definitely an interesting approach over uh, the longevity of a season, you know, to try to get as many wins as you can and, and get into the postseason. Um, you know, Kentucky, that probably gave them the best chance to get two wins this weekend because uh, they knew LSU was kind of vulnerable on the back end. Um, so I think they definitely played into that. Um, but no, I think when it when it really counts and the bright uh, the lights are bright, you gotta uh, send your number one on their number one. Yeah, uh, like you said, with the mentality mindset, their number one pitcher is not gonna be ready if you've been throwing them against some scrub on Sunday. You know, uh, one I, I guess one last point on Kentucky. I noticed we all saw the when they got down two strikes, they hit them with the, "I got this" on the chest. They turned back at the dugout, tap their beat their chest. Um, when they put a pinch hitter in on Thursday night against Paul Skeens, he went down two strikes quick. He kind of glanced at the dugout and like didn't make eye contact. And went, I got this. And then watch strike three and just walk back to the dugout. <laughs> what did Paul Skeens like whenever he struck him out every time he did this back to them? That's what I would have loved to see. He strikes him out, he hits him with a beats the chest. I got this. So it was like a uh I heard it on uh, the Mike Tuff show. Mikey Monhook was saying that he, the coach used to do it on at Mississippi State. It was like taking, you know, your first two strikes are for you, and then your third strike, like you're doing this for the team. Well, Paul Skeens took 13 of them. Uh, so, <laughs> good job, guys. But all right, let's get into who got that dog in them. This week's segment of Who Got That Dog in Them is brought to you by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf is polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool, even if you're playing 36 holes of golf. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear and Mahler Bros Golf signature polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and other for those who want a subtle and pleasing design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P, at MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com for 15% off. You look good. You play good. Are you look good? You feel good? You feel good? You feel good. Boom. Mahler Bros. Golf. Belly up. Mahler Bros. Golf. Or MahlerBros.com. 15% off. All right. Who got that dog in? Wave. We'll let you start. All right. So the last couple of weeks, I've been using this segment to highlight a really good personal performance. Um, you know, last week I had the guy who hit for the cycle and threw a no-hitter in the same game. Uh, Brady Ware was his name. So... I don't know how to quite follow that one up because everybody else is. That's like the, the lead. That's the, the top of all. Yeah, time. it just doesn't live up to it. Like, uh, 
For instance, Luis Arez, he hit for the cycle this week in an MLB game. But, I mean, he didn't throw a no-hitter, so I can't give it to him. Uh, not after that performance. So I'm going to go with more what of a, a spike. What a bum. I'm going to go with uh, Russell Westbrook because he was getting uh, heckled by a fan, and he literally went into the fan suite um, at halftime and told him he better watch out. And I just thought that what? was – Pretty aggressive, uh, so that's that's got the dog in him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that he's got a, too, got a yeah, doggy, doggy. You know, Russell, in his pants. He he's been getting a lot of flack for his play over the years, but he's still one of the better players in the last ten years. So uh, good for him for standing up for himself. And something about those LA athletes, man. We saw Anthony Rendon clap back at a fan just two weeks ago. Russell Westbrook. Does it here? Um, LeBron I don't know does if it all. He's going to suspend him, but I thought it was interesting. So he left the court at halftime, went up to the suite, and said, "If you got something to say, you're going to say it in my face." Pretty much, but it was a one of the uh, courtside suites, so it was on ah. the way to the tunnel for the locker room. He just took a little uh, diversion, and it didn't even look like he had any team security or anything with him. He just like was like, you know what, man to man. I'm coming to your house since you've been talking to me on mine. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, like I said, that dude would have had a little doggy bag after that because he would have made a little – I would have made a mess of my pants if I was talking smack. Russell Westbrook all of a sudden was in my face. That's – uh, yeah, that's rough. Tyler, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to go back to college baseball and give it to a Bulldog, the Mississippi State Bulldog freshman – of the week, Dakota Jordan uh, had a phenomenal series, hitting 375 against the Rebels as Mississippi State continues to own Ole Miss uh, and baseball, uh, especially during the regular season. Both uh, won the national championship in back-to-back years. So yeah, uh, but back to Jordan had a lot of clutch hits uh, on their game number two. Hit the walk-off uh, hit uh, to even up the series, and game number three. He had the home run uh, to put Mississippi State up two to nothing. Then after that, the offense continued to slug. So Dakota Jordan, the freshman bulldog, gets the dog of the week. Okay, okay. Mine uh, goes out to Mr. Jake Futch for shooting, breaking eighty at both eighteen holes of golf and thirty-six total. No, that's not my real one, but <laughs> kudos to Jacob. Uh, it was going to be my segue into the whack part two. Uh, mine is uh, another. Uh, Jacob. Is his name Jacob? No. Uh, I keep calling him, yeah, I keep calling him Bear. I was like, well, shoot, what's his first name? Jared Jones, LSU's first baseman, freshman phenom. He's at 11 home runs. Had two of them on Saturday. One to uh, – did we take the lead or that tied the game? Yeah, one to nothing. And then the second one I did uh, took the lead four to three. Oh, yeah, and then we yeah. blew it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he And he let the pitcher know. That he hit that one. Uh, 452 feet, an absolute nuke. Should have rained Tony Saturies down in the left field bleachers. That's something Jay Johnson can look at into adding to make it a more fun experience. Every home run, a Tony cannon shoots. The Tony like Saturies berm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, bur- burn and berm because it's going to get your eyes. <laughs> the burn. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bear Jones, I mean, He's a he's been one of the most impressive impressive freshmen I've seen. Uh, we'll see if he can catch Dylan Cruz with his 18 home runs freshman year. He's on pace to do it if he keeps hitting like this. So that's my dog of the week. Um, 
let's get into I mentioned the golf. We had the whack part two. Of course, uh, Jacob and Tyler took us down in the whack part one, and uh, nothing changed. We got Wade and I got beat in the whack part two. Uh, it started off early tee time, 8.30 for the three of us. Played 18 holes out at Beaver Creek Golf Course in Zachary, Louisiana. If you're in the area, definitely recommend stopping by. I didn't even feel like I was in Louisiana. I mean, it was like I was in Oregon. It was beautiful out there. The course was in good condition. We got visited by an alligator. Um, Jacob, they don't have those in Oregon, though. So No, they don't. You, that's when you know you're in Louisiana. Uh <laughs> I was happy with my golf that first morning, but I think the fatigue just took it out of me. Tyler battled through adversity, snapped his driver on the practice green or practice range, and uh, played with a three wood the whole time. And then Tyler, you played pretty good with it. I think uh, I think it helped you scoring. So we're looking we're looking to get Tyler a new driver now. Um, we're doing a, a crowdfunding for new clubs for Tyler. So all <laughs> yeah, of our loyal merch. You buy yeah, our buy merch, merch, all proceeds you can go get clubs. Well, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we had a Jacob, Tyler, and I had a wonderful time. Um, and then we got to the whack that we had all been waiting for. Wade shows up after work. Uh, we went straight to the course because we had a little bit of a long lunch. Um, it got off to a slow start. We lost the first hole, won the second one, and then we didn't win another one until I think like. Hole 11, and then at that point, it was no, so no, far we out. Won, of, we brought it to two after five. Oh, yes, we brought it. It was two after nine, wasn't it? So well, we got we it were, down to. We no. got it to two after five, and then they stretched it back out to like five after nine. Ah, yes. At one um, point, it was six. <laughs> yes. Uh, it ended, I think, with uh, five and four. Yeah, it was five, five and four. Yeah. Um, I almost killed somebody, so that left me rattled. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you got to keep your head on swivel when you're on a golf course. Uh, but we played Santa Maria, wonderful golf course in great shape. So if you're in the Baton Rouge area, definitely check that place out. Um, what do you takeaways from your game, Tyler? You, you've, you've played really good this weekend. How, how are you feeling? You going to get back out there and start playing some more? Yeah, I feel like after this weekend, I'm like back in my phase of wanting to play golf every week now. I, I feel like uh, you, you welcome to the club. <laughs> I, I, All I had to I do mean, was yeah, break like you, you said, like 36 holes. No, I'm not going to play 36 holes in, in a day, uh, but it, it was a lot of fun. You know, those were two of the, to the best courses in Baton Rouge uh, by far, especially, you know, the courses that I played, you know, City Park and the LSU golf course. That's the only two ones. And this was even by far like one of the elites uh, in the city. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, Beaver Creek uh, was fun in the morning. Like you said, obviously at the face of adversity, did not think that I was going to be down, you know, one of my best clubs and I had to, Go with the old trusty three wood that I have like hardly ever used. I usually just go, you know, driver straight into either one of my irons or, or hybrids. Uh, but uh, you know, first nine holes, so we had, we had a little bit of dew on, on, on the grass, yes. so the greens uh, were a little slow. Uh, but whenever you got to Santa Maria, boy, you could those uh, golf balls uh, were rolling around and around. Uh, but I feel like the power of the Glizzy Gladiator helped me yes. on the turn on. Uh, <laughs> beaver creek we went in chad was like i'm gonna go in and get a hot dog you know you know what let's go get some hot dogs and boy that helped on the temple i think that you know chad got a birdie i got a par and jacob got a birdie as well but and so after that we were able 
to keep it going and then obviously uh shifting gears uh, i was very tired at this point but uh city port yes. thanks to you you were able to energize <laughs> us again for our back half of our 18 holes uh but yeah santa maria was a lot of fun it was a it was a very nice course you know more water than beaver creek had uh, for sure but uh my golf shots uh we're going straight in, man. I feel like my hybrid was just on point. I feel like every shot I was just laser and focus. And that's, that's the club. That's your that's your fairway finder, right? Yeah, there. I should have just set the over over under of like five. How many times I fit it in the bunker? I mean, I've I, like <laughs> I was like in the bunker literally on every hole. It felt like, and <laughs> with that one hole, I almost chipped it out of the bunker to, to save par. Uh, and then the other time I duffed it like 20 times and couldn't even hit it out the bunker. And then I threw my <laughs> golf ball of how pissed I was. So, uh, yes. but nonetheless, it's always uh, great to, to play some golfs. Uh, I, you know, going into it, I was like, damn, 36 holes. This is going to suck. Well, afterwards it did suck, but you know, going, you know, going through the 36 holes, I felt like I was in the PGA tour. <laughs> yes, that's, that's for sure. Um, Jacob hit seven straight bunkers at Santa Maria as we closed out the this match. Yeah, he got so um, unlucky. <laughs> yes, he was just a bunker magnet. Um, but we had uh, – I want to talk about the Texas wedge that Tyler was pulling out at Beaver Creek. This man was draining putts from the fairway like it was nobody's business or putting them <laughs> to at least a foot. He hit one. I mean, he absolutely smoked this sucker. Uh, from off the green and it hit the pin and dropped straight in i was like what i mean it was i'm pretty sure he was using a a, a an illegal ball that had a magnet in it and there was a magnet in the cup that's wow. right i had a little thing under it had like a little red under the green that was like taking my ball and it right into the hole yeah he wouldn't let us take his shirt off so maybe he was uh jose altuve this yeah this round i had an unfinished tattoo down there Get sorry you couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> an unfinished tattoo. Uh, the, the, jacob and i kept it pretty competitive the first one we played yeah. a, a little match against each other i ended up losing uh four and two but through up until like the 15th hole i mean he was only one up for the or the 14th hole he was only one up at most through the match um i took a few of those holes with the glizzy gladiators birdies <laughs> that i had uh, but we we had a, a fantastic time. Now, the Glizzy Gladiators. Yes. We'll play in a four-man scramble. We'll be the Glizzy Gladiators. Uh, you won't be able to beat us, especially if we get some dogs at the turn. Uh, but, Wade, you had the new clubs, first time hitting them. Uh, you know, you did get to warm up, so that's always tough. But you really hit, hit it in the stride when, when I couldn't even, like, move my arms anymore because I was so tired. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, the new clubs are going to be really good for me, and I just got to get – used to them but i had a couple good shots i felt like i was getting good loft with the eight iron um on some of the par threes i think the sand also kind of killed me i had a few some good soft, shots fluffy sand. sand yeah, yeah that sand out there was tough it was tough to get out of the traps and um you know hitting the distance i wanted but then hitting it right into the trap you know that's why the golf course is designed that way to try to catch um shots like that but you know had it been a course i was more accustomed to playing you know maybe that ball ends up in the you know just off the off the fringe or something not chipping out of the sand so little right. things like that definitely hurt us golfers that play once a month if that so um i'll have to get out there more and continue to hit the clubs and uh even if it's not for the whack get together with you guys and and play 
from time to time. But yeah, Chet and I just maybe it's just not meant to be. We can't. We might have to separate it together. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's two two losses in a row. It's pretty rough. Uh, well, Tyler, I'll be back home in a few weeks. We'll have to get me, you, and and Futch, and if Wade can come in, or if not, we'll take on Futch. I'll be in two, Tennessee. Two versus, so. That's right. So yeah. we'll take on Futch two versus one. We'll see if we can take take the king down. I did um, get a win on the bachelor trip. Chet is over. That is true. Yes, I I am a master. <laughs> but we did not uh, give him a very job. good team <laughs> for that. No hate, no hate to our to our loyal listeners there. Uh, but, but one was playing in ski gloves. <laughs> that is true, and playing right handed when he's actually a left handed golfer. <laughs> uh, but I got this new whoop in that I ordered, so I've been like all about tracking the health metrics. I wish I had had a few watch. Yes, I got, I got, I got the Apple Watch. Yeah, I really need to look back on my Apple Watch to see how many steps I got in on that yeah. day. I'm curious what my strain would have been after playing 36 holes. Would have, I definitely did not recover enough because uh, Saturday night we took on the Tomb of Anubis Escape Room. I know we're a sports <laughs> podcast, but we got to talk about this. It is a game, room. a mental game. It is a sport. I am Anubis. Uh, if you ever go do it at the 13th gate, you'll understand what that reference is from. But man, escape rooms are tough. Like that was uh, that was one of the harder escape rooms I've ever done. I failed it twice so far. So the whack part three, if it's in Baton Rouge, we're taking it on again. We've got the notes written down. We're already told ready. Ready. I'm going to give it a couple of weeks and I'm going back and beating it. Tyler's going to do it by himself. He's showing up mano y mano against Mr. Anubis. And he's taking that stuff on all the rocks. He'll figure it out. He can stretch out. It's like playing Twister. So, uh, but no, of course, 13th Gate escape rooms are a staple of the Baton Rouge community. Definitely got to, they have the best ones around. Definitely got to go check them out. Um, mentioned 36 holes in a day, PGA Tour. Uh, we didn't really watch any golf because we were playing so much of it with Matt Fitzpatrick. We are the golf. golf. Yes. Takes down Jordan Spieth on the third playoff hole by stuffing it to like six inches. I mean, clutch of all clutch shots. Of course, when we were sitting at the Barstool Sportsbook, I fired up the old DraftKings app, of course, and it's sitting in a competitor. Uh, you didn't use the Barstool app in their own sportsbook? No, I was worried I was going to get kicked out if someone saw DraftKings on my phone, but I had money in that account. Uh, I placed a few bets out there, just sprinkled a little bit. We had we had to hit the Gala top 10, missed the uh, Ricky Fowler top 10, which sucked because he was – tied for eighth when i placed the bet um scotty i had him to win he didn't win jordan i had him to win he didn't win he finished second but i had matt fitzpatrick put sprinkle a little cash on that so i came out on top um and of course talk about a bad beat jacob and wade taking up the atlanta hawks to cover at 12 and a half points uh they lost by 13 uh i took about 17 and a half that is true. I took them at 17 and a half going into the fourth quarter when they were down 20. Um, so I, I I was just feeling lucky, uh, just not on the golf course. So uh we had but we had Maddie Fitz get the dub over Jordan Spieth. Roy McRoy opted out. Uh did say why. I imagine because he just played the Masters last week, and this is another designated event shortly after. That's gotta be tough for the guys. I mean, you had Max Holman missed a cut. Uh, I don't think Jordan Thomas played very good. Rory missed a cut or didn't even play. Um, it's uh, it's kind of tough for their bodies playing the Masters because you're so locked in. 
but he loses out on three million. That's kind of the PJ Tours rule. You have to play all the events or you forfeit 25% of your pip money. Uh Roy's already had his one excused absence. Absent. Say that word for me, Tyler. Yes. That. Um, and so this one is not excused. So he loses out on his money. But you know who did get paid? Breaking news this morning. This is why we do the shows on Monday. Jalen Hurts, five-year, $255 million. Is that guaranteed? No. And okay. Almost, though. I mean, he's still – it's $179 million guaranteed, which pulling out the calculator because it's off the clock. I'm not doing the math. $35 million a year. So uh, he's getting upwards of, I think, $45 million a year if it is almost paid out. Um, Highest paid quarterback in NFL history. That's yeah, insane. so – but they didn't give him a fully guaranteed contract, which kind of makes it seem like uh, to Lamar Jackson, you know, that's not going to happen. Although Lamar has said he's not seeking a fully guaranteed contract. He just wants as much guaranteed money as Deshaun Watson. He wants an ultimatum. So, like Aaron so Rodgers. He wants $225 million guaranteed, but he doesn't want a fully guaranteed contract. What's he want? A $300 million contract? He wants, yeah, he wants like a $300 million contract. He doesn't care if it's all guaranteed. He just wants the most money that is guaranteed. <laughs> the, he wants the issue OBJ and DeAndre. Well, like, he's got OBJ. Patrick Mahomes has the most money. Yeah, his is like $500 million or $400 million over 10 years, right? But it's just a little bit less than the guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson is getting. Exactly. And Deshaun Watson tricked those Browns because he eh, maybe he bounced I mean, back. He'll probably play his way into being a top 10 quarterback. It does stink for Lamar because he is a top 10 quarterback at the moment, but he's not going to get paid that much money. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, he does run a lot. He's only. Honestly, they might be the same age because Jalen Hurts was in college for a lot longer than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So it might bode well to Lamar's chances of getting a contract. I could see him but... getting something similar to that. I would put Jalen and Lamar probably in the same status quo in terms of uh, how they play the quarterback position. I uh, Lamar probably runs a little bit more, but it's because he doesn't have that many weapons. Um, but – like you said, maybe it bodes well for Lamar being like, look, he just got 180 million. Let me get 200 instead of 225. I, I just, I don't think uh, the issue is that he's being like, uh, I guess, made an example of like, they're not just going to start writing these huge checks now. Um, and it kind of sucks for Lamar in his case. If he had done this deal before Deshaun Watson, he probably would have got whatever money he wanted. Uh, but, the Ravens are holding out. We'll see if they sign if they sign DeAndre Hopkins, he's coming back. Or he's gonna flee some like Aaron Rodgers is. I mean, what is going on with Aaron Rodgers? Is he ever gonna play football again? Like we we've heard it's been a month since the the like trade happened, but nothing has happened. Yeah, we don't know at this point. I mean, the New York Jets have about two weeks to figure out their quarterback plan of the future, or else they'll be stuck with the worst quarterback situation in the league, honestly, because you're going to have a few teams get some of these high profile rookies in the last little bit of free agency will settle out. And if they don't make a move, they'll be stuck with Zach Wilson going into training camp. So um, that's not where they want to be. Yeah. I think this team will step it up and, and make a trade um, 
for Aaron Rodgers. I, th- I think they've just set this team up to be Rodgers' team. It might be a short-term thing, uh, like a one-year experiment, but I think they got to go with that at this point. Um, or change their tune on Lamar and offer him a deal on a sign-and-trade kind of in line with what we just saw Jalen Hurts get. So... Aaron Rodgers came out and said, I want Odell Beckham Jr. on my team. Guess who just signed Odell Beckham Jr.? The Baltimore Ravens. They can't get a deal done with Lamar Jackson. Is it possible that Aaron Rodgers ends up in Baltimore? New offensive coordinator. (laughs) I mean. Now that would be a plot twist. And Lamar goes to the Jets. (laughs) Probably won't go to the Jets, but uh, Green Bay? They just swap them? Ah. Mm. Green Bay seems pretty set on Jordan Love. And, you know, I don't – one scenario that kind of has come back into play with the Brock Purdy news is Aaron Rodgers going back to San Francisco uh, to his hometown. Wait, what's going on with Brock Purdy? It's likely that he'll miss the entire 2023 season. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Very talented team. Trust Trey Lance. I don't think they want to put – like, I think they are – interested in Brock Purdy being the quarterback of the future and they're not really as invested as um, developing in Trey Lance anymore. I think they could try to flip Trey Lance elsewhere, not necessarily to Green Bay, but uh, all of a sudden there's a pretty good opening with a playoff team there uh, that Aaron Rodgers obviously has some personal ties to. So I don't know, but it's a lot to to wait around on a a 40-year-old or seem to be 40 year old quarterback that you don't even know if his heart's in it anymore, but yeah, he did win the MVP two years ago. Darkness retweet, darkness retweet, retreats. I keep you could retweet retweets. it. Yes, darkness retreats, smoking Arawanda or Wawaganda. I don't screen. know what it's what it's called. It's Ash be real time. Be real on the on the podcast. What's up? Uh, yeah, it's uh Aaron Rodgers, I think, has these teams in the palm of his hands, and he just likes the power. Or Lamar, that's what it all comes down to. He likes being the decider. (laughs) Yeah, and he just he likes only going on the Pat McAfee show. Aaron Rodgers, you want to break your news? Come on the Sports Channel podcast. We'll uh we'll break it for you, no problem. More importantly, we're a Joe Burrow podcast. How much guaranteed money does Joe Burrow get? You know, he keeps coming in the the highest paid player. (laughs) It's just going to be like oh. Hurts is the highest wave. Oh no, Mahomes is. Oh no, nope. it's gonna be every year. It's just gonna be every yeah. year. It's just gonna be every year. It's gonna go up and up and up. It's a very uh, elite um, quarterback draft class. You know the twenty twenty class with Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts now, uh, Tua if he can stay healthy and put together another good year, and then Justin Herbert as well. And we haven't even seen Jordan Love touch the field. All of those yeah. guys were first round picks. So it was interesting that the Eagles got a deal done first. Um, rightfully so with Jalen Hurts, but I'd like to see the Bengals wrap things up with Joe. When is I'm assuming well, he could go ahead and sign an extension right now, but um yeah, why hasn't he? If if Actually, Jalen just did the deal. I think he has to wait until after the draft or maybe next offseason because Jalen Hurts was not a first-round pick. So Joe, That's true. Joe does have an extra year on his contract, and then they can pick up um, that rookie option. So he might 
might not be due quite yet, but um, the Bengals would love to get the deal done as soon as possible because, as Tyler said, it's always going to be the next guy in line that's getting the the most guaranteed money, and and Joe Burrow is already playing like a top five quarterback, so it, you know, yep, he's gonna get the most money at that time. Yeah, especially if someone comes out before the Bengals, like a Justin Herbert, or uh, I doubt Tua, but pays another quarterback a ton of money like Lamar Jackson, and it just sets that bar higher. The Bengals got to add another zero to that uh, check because that's what Joe's going to want. And if he makes it to the AFC Championship or another Super Bowl, I think it's probably pretty well-deserved. But we got some other trade news. Devin White requests a trade from Tampa Bay. Hey, New Orleans, a bling-bling. Your boy, Louisiana homeboy, bring him home. I mean, put him on the defense. Probably not going to happen, but one can wish. Uh, so we'll see where, where Devin White ends up. It's hard to, like I guess, pick a favorite for a, a linebacker. Um, there's so many of them out there, but he's definitely a bona fide player. Could come in and lead a team that needs some help on defense. Uh, Matt Stafford says he's at full health, says he's refreshed. We'll see about that, Staffy, next year, uh, if you even touch the field. Um, and then I know I normally say save the TMZ sports segment of the week, but Tyler found this one, and I'm using it for right now. But before I use the TMZ sports segment of the week, we got to see who it's brought to you by. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. We're, we're doing a little dance with the little background music. Wade's favorite ad read, SeatGeek. That's how we got into the yeah, I do game. SeatGeek. Yeah, SeatGeek is the goat. Just make a new email and you get $20 off every time. Teams <laughs> 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 Esports segment of the week. Uh, Saints wide receiver, hopefully continues to be a Saints wide receiver. Michael Thomas, uh, recovering from surgery, recovering from like his fourth ankle injury, something like that. Uh, deadlifts 530 pounds. It's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight to be thrown around. Big Mike does it. Michael Thomas might as well do it. Um, <laughs> and he got a letter in the mail saying, oh, you just posted that video to Twitter. 530 pounds recovering from surgery. You've been randomly selected. Seems like that foot's good to go. Yes, for a NFL banned substance screening test. He got drug tested after he was throwing the weight around. Uh, did he pass? Uh, I don't. I don't see any results. He just got. A, I think he got like a text today, but he has to like set up an appointment in like our meeting or something like he'll that. He'll get suspended for five games, and then I'll tell the commissioner, "Well, I don't really feel like playing my suspension, so I'll just sit it out." Yeah, there you go. I mean, you gotta think. So Michael Thomas is two hundred and twelve pounds. All right, deadlifted. What did I say? Five thirty. Five thirty. Um, Hathor who is the mountain? <laughs> who? who owns the deadlift? Like might be a little record. off on the pronunciation there. Uh, it's got some dots above the O, so I gave it my best <laughs> shot. 
Um, he set the world record in May of 2020 with 1,105 pounds. So double what Thomas deadlifted, but he also weighs 450 pounds. So he weighs double what Thomas weighs. So that's pretty on par for a guy his size. So Tyler, what you doing, man? Get in the gym. Start throwing that weight around. Oh my no, god! So I don't want to get randomly drug tested. I would. I'm expecting 400 from you next week. If Mike Thomas can do it, 5:30 at 2:12, you ought to be able to get 400. Easy money. Swole <laughs> Patrol right there. But yeah, not after 36 a, holes of golf. Thought that was an interesting, um, interesting drug test. Randomly selected drug test. Oh, uh, NFL draft next week, April 27th. Who's number one? Who's going number one in Carolina? CJ Stroud or Bryce Young? Off the top, wait. Bryce Young. Tyler. CJ Stroud. Oh, we got some disagreement. Why well, we got some disagreement? Uh, I Carolina keeps toying with everybody's heads. Bryce Young is now the odds-on betting favorite, and Vegas just always has that inside edge. Mm. I mean, come on. It, they're not going to lose on a bet where they can literally ask an insider who's going number one overall. We got some insider trading here. And set the odds at what mm. they want and bring people in. I mean, I just I feel like they know something that we don't. And if you look at them as prospects, sure, I, I think C.J. Stroud is a great prospect overall. But uh, Bryce Young has been nothing but um, great at Alabama his entire career. He won the Heisman Trophy a couple of years ago, and he's just everything you'd ask for in a prospect besides the size. And C.J. Stroud, yeah, he has the size, but I don't know if he's as polished of a passer as, as Bryce is. If you're sure. Carolina, you got to nail this pick. So you go with the most polished guy or you go with the most unpolished guy in Anthony Richardson. And I just – after the six, lack of success they've had at quarterback over the last four or five years or four or five quarterbacks, I don't think they can take that risk. Tyler, why are you thinking C.J. Stroud? I don't know. I, I feel like the Texans have something to do with this. I feel like that's Bryce Young has always been their guy. And, you know, CJ Stroud going down to the end of the season, you know, against Georgia, whenever he played uh, in the in the semifinal game, I just feel like they already have a guy built already like Bryce Young with Matt Corral. So, like, why would you want another clone of who you already have? Gotta that's go with CJ Stroud. I feel like he's one of the better passers. Uh, you know, he doesn't run as much as Bryce Young, uh, but, you know, if all these NFL scouts care about size and C.J. Stroud is a perfect size now, the one thing that goes against him is that Ohio State quarterbacks haven't really fared well. Uh, you could probably go with Justin Fields. He's probably the best Ohio State quarterback uh, by far, uh, but I just think that if Carolina is going to go this way, I just I just don't really see them going with Bryce Young. It's either going to be C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson, and out of those two, I would pick C.J. Stroud with Harvey. What about this? Okay. What if the Will reason Levis. why Bryce Young is now the odds-on favorite to go number one is because I never trust Carolina Vegas is the plus and, and Houston goes up the number one pick to get their guy all along? Now that's a that's a that's probably why Vegas is around. saying that. Yeah, they've been. I hear they you brought him in for an interview, and maybe it was just a, a bluff. That is true. That is true. I hear your points. Uh, I'm going Will Levis, number one. <laughs> no, I'm not picking Will Levis, number they one. I wouldn't even pick, Will, pick him in the first round. 
Uh, I could see Anthony Richardson slide in there and just shocking everybody. But it's probably going to be CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. I'm not going to give him my take because next Thursday night, you'll be able to catch Tyler and Wade on the Belly Up NFL Draft Super Show, recapping the last four or five picks. Um, so probably like 10 o'clock at night. I might hop on there with y'all now that I won't be traveling to Baton Rouge. Yes, have um, all three. <laughs> yes, but uh, definitely we'll have the two of them. Um, you, you can tune in, catch it live, and see all your favorite belly up media personalities kind of break down the draft as it goes through the first round. Um, so shifting gears from NFL to college football, real quick, we had a few headlines. Hugh Freeze wants to play spring games against other teams. Uh, we're talking the guy that was kicked out of Ole Miss for calling hookers on his uh, work cell phone, um, goes to Liberty, plays his way back into Auburn. Uh, Wade, what's your thoughts on playing your spring game? Not necessarily against another SEC team, if say LSU, but you'd go play La Tech or Nickel State, something like that. Exactly. I think that's where this idea has the best potential is with these in-state matchups that you're referring to. I think we all know with college football expanding at a rapid pace and now them adding to each conference, adding a conference game, eventually it's going to pick away at the the non-marquee um, matchups, you know, and the out-of-conference schedule, the matchups that bring in the least money. And that's those ones against smaller FCS opponents. In fact, you know, the schools are cutting a check to those other teams to come play. Um, so I think to keep the, that, um, those games from disappearing entirely, you just move them to the spring, you know, so the FCS program would still get their money. Um, they could come play the spring game. I get there is a risk for injury, but it's going to be for the non-contact stuff. How often have we seen a player get injured in an FCS game on a contact play? I mean, it just, that is true. The physicality is not there for it to happen. If they're going to tear an ACL, it could very well happen against their own team. So I think that's a good way to to keep the fundraising going for some of the smaller schools. Um, you know, you could probably even charge for tickets if you wanted to, and it would be a, a good way to um, really boost the spring. And maybe you invite two schools to come up and, and you don't play all the schools, but you know, you have a second game featuring other schools, uh, kind of make it like a jamboree or something. So I think that idea could be great. Uh, I'm all for it if it gets us better college football on the schedule in the fall. I like the uh, playing of the FCS school. I think you would still have to treat it like a true spring game, um, very controlled environment to try to limit injuries as best as possible, probably shorten it to maybe just a half. Uh, but it gives your guys a different look because – you got like the Florida spring game. They're seven seven going into the fourth. Does that mean they have a terrible offense or good defense? <laughs> or are they just not showing anything? You got Lane Kiffin weighing in on that on Twitter. Of course, Lane runs his own Twitter account. Uh, I think that's by no surprise. But um, <laughs> as spring game at this point, it's just like a good practice. Doesn't really mean anything. But I think it would add a new meaning to it if you played a, a local school and kind of gave those guys some reps. Tyler, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like spring games in general, the fans don't really care about. They go there for half and they drive their way on home. I mean, it's just like boring to watch like both uh, in person. It's just like another practice. I think that it would be good 
you know, you don't you don't really have to be like, oh, you have to pay 20 bucks to watch, you know, uh, you know, FCS Midwest go up against Alabama in the spring game. You know, you could just keep the spring games free, leave it uh, open to the public, you know, sure. Like a normal spring game, if you want to have like certain points, I know that, you know, Tennessee's, you know, their spring games like 276 to 250 other point systems uh, that that do. So if you want to do something like that, um, so I, I'm, I'm for it, uh, but I don't know. I feel like uh, it's probably not going to change. It's going to go to normal spring games. If you just want to like have like an extra, you know, warm up for in the fall before week one and just have put everybody on week zero and play cupcakes. And that way you're prepared uh, for whoever you're playing, especially the powerhouses. That yeah, you could true. do a fall exhibition game and a spring exhibition game yeah. to kind of get people warmed up, but the stats wouldn't count. That's it, what baseball does. Yeah, I think in basketball does a fall exhibition mm-hmm. game. So I think that's probably the future of what you're going to see because FCS football needs that relationship with FBS football for the money aspect. But for a competitive standpoint, teams are going to need to get, you know, uh, all power five schedule or at the very least, you know, playing a team like Louisiana Lafayette or Tulane for LSU, not playing Nichols or Northwestern state Southeastern uh, one of those games. Right. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Let's uh, Someone that could have played in the LSU spring game, Zion Williamson. Um, he sat out, yeah, he sat out the Pelicans playing game after he was throwing 360 windmill dunks. Just a total slap in the face of the fan base, in my opinion. Said he didn't feel like Zion, so he didn't play. Your team's playoff hopes are on the line. You're the franchise player. I don't know. They're going to keep going round and round with this guy. I've written him off in my book. I don't think he'll ever play for the Pelicans again. I hope he does, but we'll see. Um, Tyler gets a first first row look at him every week. Uh, Tyler could have gone out there and played better than Zion would have. Uh, let's get to the playoffs. NBA playoffs are underway. We watched a bunch of games on Saturday. We watched the 76ers absolutely destroy the Nets. Uh, they're beating them right now, too. We watched the Celtics blow out the Hawks to win game one. Uh, Clippers-Suns, the Clippers took the first game of that series. And then going over to the western side, you got the Warriors Kings. Uh, I might have got my conferences mixed. Up. No, that's right. Uh, the Kings well, took down Phoenix and the Clippers and Suns. That's a Western Conference game. Yeah, I was say I'm looking at the schedule here, so I'm missing a game on the Eastern. Yeah, side. The, that, I think that was like the only. They had like a lot of Eastern Conference games on the first day, and then they just shoved yeah. in Clippers Suns to end it off. But okay. a lot of the okay. Western Conferences were on Sunday. The the Heat and the Bucks. The Heat ended up beating the Bucks in Game One. Giannis went out with a little bit of an injury. Uh, we'll see if he can come back for the series. Um, and then of course you had the Celtics beat the Hawks. Um, and then Knicks. I'll go it over. We got the Knicks taking on the Cavs, beating them. Uh, so the Knicks are up one zero. Kings are up 1-0 on the Warriors. Lakers are up 1-0 on, the, on Jacob's Grizzlies. Um, that was kind of a shocker there. But I think if LeBron gets hot, there's going to be nobody stopping him. Um, and then you've got the Nuggets being one up on the Timberwolves. So uh, we got a bunch of playoffs going on. Let's take it on the eastern side. Tyler, who are your four picks to make it out of the east? All right, so in this first series uh, that we're going to be looking at, uh, actually going on right now is the Nets 
in the Sixers. I think this is going to be a sweep, to be honest with you. I feel like the Nets uh, <laughs> are six seed in disguise. They're not as good as a six seed as you think. I mean, they got rid of all their superstars. Uh, they have, uh, you know, uh, what's, you know, some top players as, as well. But I just feel like uh, the Sixers are just rolling. I mean, Joel Embiid is playing like MVP caliber. We saw James Harden, you know, dishing out assists left and yes, right. Yeah. So I I think that's going to be easy series as well. Uh, keep it in the East. Um, uh, we'll go Heat uh, in the Bucks. I know that the Heat won game one because of Giannis' injury, uh, but I do think that the Bucks uh, will rebound. I do think that the Heat could take this to at least a uh, six-game series, uh, but I just feel like the Bucks. They've been there before. Uh, they've had the experience, and especially if they can get a healthy Giannis back, I think that the Bucs uh, can take that. And then uh, the other one is the five and the four, uh, the Knicks and the Cavs. I know that the Knicks uh, just took uh, game one. That's always huge. Uh, if, you know, the road team can take at least one to open up the series. I think this is going to be a seven-game series as well. It just feels like a very even matchup. But I'm going to go with the Cavs. I think that in the end, I think that Donovan Mitchell is going to start heating up. Uh, Darius Garland is going to have to heat up as well uh, for them to win this series. And the Celtics and the Hawks, I think this one's going to be done pretty quickly. I know the Hawks uh, showed some fight at the end, but the Celtics just overpower them. J- uh, Jalen Brown's looking very good. Al Horford knocking down threes left and right in the corner. And you also have Jason Tatum. So I think that, especially with uh, the first two games being at the Garden, I think that the Celtics uh, will win that one pretty convincingly. Dude, Al Horford in the corner is almost <laughs> money. as lethal as Ray Allen in on the corner for the Heats. <laughs> and he's uh, completely bald day. now like Ray Allen. Exactly. I mean, they were dishing it out because we were watching that that line like like so closely because, of course, Wade and Jacob had the close bet on it. But every time they dished it to Al Horford, I was like, oh, there goes. Yep, there it goes. Back up to 15. It was swinging he between was 12 and 15. And every time he, he was it. dropping them like like no tomorrow. So who's your who's your Western Conference pick, Tyler? Yeah, Western Conference uh, is a tough one for me. This conference has been up and down, like I've said it pretty much uh, this whole entire season. You know, the seeds from 4 through 12, it was like a difference uh, of two games. Uh, so I'm going to start with the one in the eight, Nuggets and Timberwolves. I think that this is just going to be a story as it was last night. Uh, just their size down low with Nikola Jokic uh, down low. You have Jamal Mur- Murray. One of the best uh, point guards uh, in the NBA. I think that the Nuggets, uh, I don't think they're going to sweep them. I think that Minnesota will steal one uh, in Minnesota, but I think that the Nuggets uh, will take care of business. I'll say Nuggets in five uh, in this one. I think they win this one uh, four to one. The Clippers and the Suns. Now, this one was pretty interesting. I think that a lot of people wrote the Clippers off uh, in this one, but that was huge uh, to get a game one victory in this one. a lot of firepower, obviously, with the, the Suns. Uh, you know, you got KD, you got Chris Paul, you got Devin Booker, uh, but Clippers are down Paul George. Uh, but Kawhi Leonard is playing like a playoff caliber. I think that this is going to go at least six or seven, but in the end, I think that the Suns will bounce back uh, and win this series. I just feel like Durant is going to get hot uh, at the right time. Uh, the next one that we have is the Warriors and the Kings. Uh, the Kings have been one of my favorite teams uh, this season. You know, this has been a team that hasn't been the playoff in like 16 years, and they're facing the defending world champs. They're up one note, one to know. They playing in a little minute. 
uh, that will probably know the the result of it. Uh, so hopefully I'm not on freezing uh, cold takes for this. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Warriors in this one. I think that the Warriors, uh, their experience, uh, I, I'm rooting for the Kings, honestly, to, to win it all. I feel like, you know, with a small market team like Sacramento, if they win it all, I think that that would be a great story for the NBA. And then Lakers, Grizzlies, I think this one's going to be tough as well for the Grizzlies. Uh I'm seeing reports that uh, Jaws not going to be available for game number two. So that is already an alarming situation in Memphis. So he spent the most time in the strip club. Like, what's going on? Well, he hurt his hand uh, in uh, this game. Throwing uh, so he had an injury. Uh, so I think that's going to hurt them. I think that they're going to go down two to nothing and then it goes back to LA. I think that. Uh, I had uh, the Grizzlies uh, going into this one, but they just looked awful in game number one. So I think that the Lakers are going to take this one uh, and send the Grizzlies home. Uh, so those are my picks in round one. So Tyler hit us with the with the takes. Wade, I just want to know your picks because I know you're a huge basketball guy. But can, what are you? Who, who are your who are your picks for? for you might need to just dumb it down to where I just have to pick two teams at the end. Um, <laughs> sure. No, I, I think uh, after watching as much NBA as I did all season on Saturday, I now know that Boston is going to run the table because I thought Al Horford was like retired, and I now know he is a perimeter threat. Um, and Jason Tatum, I probably score, saw him score like two points, and I know that he was in the lead for the MVP at one point this season, so... For him to not even have to do anything and for them to win by 30, I'm sold on the Celtics in the East. And then um, on the West, like Tyler said, rooting for the Kings. I used to play with them on 2K because I thought they had cool uniforms. Um, Like the beam. Jersey pick, a jersey pick. I like it. But uh, I don't know. The the Phoenix Suns only having like the Kings play the Warriors. Played with their – no, no, I know. But I'm just giving you my two teams. Ah, I see. I see. Uh, part of me thinks that it's interesting to see if Kevin Durant could like win a championship with the Suns playing less than 20 games with them all season. Um, I think he's up for the task, but I just I like the experience factor with the Warriors. Um, in fact, I think whoever wins the series between the Warriors and the Kings will make the Western Conference finals and probably the finals overall. Uh, but Long roundabout answer. I'm gonna go with the Warriors and the Celtics, just like last year. Okay, okay. Mm, uh, Repeated last year. Yeah. So I'll. Pick, and I forgot I'll about pick, the Nuggets. They could make a run too. So that is true. I picked four teams to kind of get out of it. I'm going 76ers. Are probably gonna sweep the Nets. Yep, they just won right now. Oh uh, well, there you go. That they're already up 2-0. Um, I'm picking Celtics over Hawks. Uh. You can't bet on Trey Young to do it all. So we're going to take Celtics, take that one. Um, Knicks, Cavs, that's a tough one. But the Knicks have been, uh, been playing really good all year. Um, so I'm going to Randall back. Yes, they do have Randall back. I'm picking Knicks, Knicks out of that. I think the Warriors beat the Kings. I want to pick the underdog, but the Warriors have. Yeah. I mean, they got the big three. They got the, they've been there before. They know what they're doing. So I'm going Warriors. I think if um, Kings win tonight, though, I think that they're set up makes better. Makes it tough. Though. Makes it very hard. That's that's definitely. Um, Lakers over Grizzlies, especially if Ja's not going to play. Got to get out that club, bro. Um, <laughs> I think Le- this might be LeBron's year to make a deep run. Um, 
Heat and Bucks. It's all kind of dependent on Giannis. If Giannis doesn't come back, I'm taking Heat in a landslide. If the uh, Heat make it out of there, that could be a team that can make some noise too. Yeah, but I think Giannis will come back. I saw some reports today. It looked like he may be back the next game. So I'm going Giannis. Clippers, Suns, uh, Clippers, just off off the top. And then the Nuggets are going to take down the Timberwolves. Those are my picks. So, of course, in like three weeks when the first round's over, we'll give our second round picks. Uh, but It'll be over and by next week. Well, not if a game goes game seven. It takes two weeks to get through it. So yeah, we'll true. see. Yeah, we only we'll have see. the finals till like June. Yeah. Any MLB headlines? The Rays lost. They finally lost. Um, we yeah, the standings are kind of leveling. Uh, yeah, the Rays are the best team in MLB and uh, in the AL, and the Braves are the best team in the NL. Everything's looking good. Like that one. Some teams like <laughs> okay, the uh, the Pirates are kind yeah. of surprising people. Um, Astros surprised me, but in a bad way. I thought that they would be out of the gates hot, but they're struggling as of late. Yeah, they missed the, their, 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 their Orioles are kind of America's team this year, so uh, keep an eye on them. Adley the Rush Pirates are my America's team, especially if Coach back. I uh, just don't think they can maintain the pace, but who knows? Once O'Neill Cruz comes back, and they're going to get another Cruz, Dylan Cruz, and they're going to be in control. Not if they play their way out of the yeah. number one pick. We'll have Cruz and Cruz. <laughs> Cruz and Cruz. Yes, so great success. Have both the Cruz. Uh, but they got they can't play their way out of the number one pick. Um, that's all I got. It's already locked in, though. Else? It's based on oh, uh, it? last year's standings. They're playing for the number one pick for Tommy White. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the MLB draft is – it's I guess because it happens in the middle. Yeah, of it's, the it's like literally year. before the start of the College World Series. I don't so like based that, off last but... year's standing. So if the Pirates are the worst team this year, then they'll be in the running to get Tommy White mm-hmm. next year. So that would be a problem. Uh, I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of when they do the draft, first. but that's a topic for another. Might show. become a Pirates fan if they take both of them. Yeah, really, and then somehow get Paul Skeens traded to him, or I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that's all I got, guys. Anything else? I don't think so. Oh, it was a great right. sports weekend with you guys. Uh, I feel like we hit all the bases, you know, with, with golf. And then <laughs> I see what hey, you did. I like to see the fun there, all the bases. We're going to have <laughs> uh, our, but we, our merch. Bill, you sure did. Yep. Yeah, so we we find out a little premature, prima donna uh, one-year celebration last week. Yeah, not a prima donna. <laughs> a little premature one-year celebration last week. It's actually next week. Uh, and we'll have our merchant for the next week's show. So Sports Grand will turn to one. Stay tuned. We'll have uh, our party show. Woo. Yes. Woo, woo. I'll get a little birthday hat. You know, we'll have a good time. Uh, but we appreciate everybody listening. Wade, you look like you're, you're about to say something. You look so lost in thought. You got anything else to tell the people? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you were Must just like really confused there. Um. Uh. So we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you watched on YouTube or caught our short clips, feel free to hit us up on the subscription. Leave us a like, comment, follow. You know the whole shebang. Review on Apple Podcast. Um. Just remember, I am Anubis. <laughs>